why are we all so obsessed with identity? Finding our identity, establishing our identity, fighting culture wars about our identity. We discuss this and more with special guest Jake Doberenz on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, home for the creative intellectual. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, humble egomaniac. And with me as always is my relatably rascally co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and not so humble egomaniac. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's, that is the difference between yes. us. We have defined it. I'm just honest about my egomaniacism. Exactly. You are. And that's, there you go. Um, and with us today is a very special guest. He is a writer, teacher, minister, creative thinker, and founder of Theophany Media, a Christian entertainment and education company exploring the intersection of Christ and creativity. He has two degrees from Oklahoma Christian University, a master of theological studies, and a bachelor's in Bible with a minor in communication studies. His new book, Who We Are, Seven Christian Identities to Shape Your Life, is available now from Amazon. He is also, most importantly, a big part of the overthinkers community. He is the jaunty, the judicious, the jaw-dropping, Jake Doberenz. Jake, welcome to the podcast at last. Wow. It is good to be here at last. At last. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> we met um, Jake virtually online during one of our very first podcasts, actually. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was probably... I think we're criticizing some sort of person or art form or something. Yes. And he, and we had this, you know, it was posted all over online and a lot of people were attacking us and he was on our side. And so that's why we brought him on. Exactly. So if you spend us, you might end up on the podcast. <laughs> exactly. A year later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, right, speaking right. of which, um, what the overthinkers group, uh, we have overthinkers group on Facebook. We do. Yes. And so I'm going to give our little plugs here. If you would like to, um, be engaged with more overthinkers, more people who like to talk about the kind of stuff we talk about in this podcast, please head over to our overthinkers Facebook, a Facebook group. We have almost 700 members and we're, we're charging uh, towards a thousand, which is just amazing to me, but we have a lot so of fun cool. memes. We have articles and best of all, we have really good natured discussions about all the interesting things of life as art and philosophy and faith. So please head over there if you like the podcast and please leave us a review. If you enjoy the podcast um, and you have enjoyed it, it really means so much to us. Um, it really goes a long way. If you leave a review and share with your friends, we'd love to have more overthinkers joining us for these. And we still can't believe how many of you are here with us enjoying these episodes because we have so much fun. We're so glad we're sitting here in your car, in your living room, with your family, all alone, in your apartment, wherever it is. We're so glad to have you. So um, yeah, those are the updates. Fantastic. All right. So today we are talking about identity. So we live in a day and age that is obsessed with identity from deciding which Hogwarts house you're in to what astrological sign you are, to what your Myers-Briggs or your anagram is. Identity is at the center of so much of our political culture wars as well, whether it's religious, racial, or gender identities. Our fiction is full of the struggle for identity, whether it's secret identities of, our, of the superhero genre, which is half of what we create nowadays. <laughs> the multiple realities of shows like Rick and Morty and the multiple versions of you, coming of age stories like Lady Bird or Mean Girls, and the question of heritage from films like Star Wars. Jake, why is the modern world so captivated with the topic of identity? And what about our modern cultural conversations around identity do you think are positive and which ones do you think are toxic? 
Well, let me just explain everything to you real fast. Um, <laughs> That'd be great. It's kind of what we do here. <laughs> really simple, really simple question. So here's what I think. It is, it's human nature to want to take shortcuts. Hmm. And I think identity plays a lot into that. We need our boxes and our categories and put some people over here and some people over there. We need that because we we can't, we can't overthink all the time. There you go. Why are you pulling me? I'm right. We need <laughs> yes. sometimes. What? It takes too long to figure things out in all the nuance. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to, we need to do things simply. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of psychology that goes into that. People way smarter than me have talked about the different kinds of snap judgments our brain makes and how, you know, in some ways, like stereotypes are not bad. It's just a way for our brain to take shortcuts although Mm, that can get bad of course very obviously so when it comes to identity i think sometimes um it's a shortcut we need a place to belong even if our identity is about being different Mm. there is still an element of belonging in that and we need the shortcuts so we can tell who am i and who i am not and who are you and who are you not? I think a lot of it really just comes down to shortcuts. And in our kind of American context with hyper individualism, we get to explore this subject more than a collectivist culture, like cultures, you know, in the far East or in biblical times where they kind of had their identity, like figured out. Right. Um, you just asked, you know, who's the, the patriarch of your family? They told you that. Mm. And you didn't have to do the work. Nowadays, we're forced to do the work. Or at least yeah. um, we're told that we have to do the work. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's yeah. interesting to hear you say that there have been other cultures and times who have, to a degree, had it figured out. And I think a lot of that has come as I've been reading through the Old Testament again. And, and even study, I've been studying kind of like ancient Rome and all these ancient cultures. Um it's interesting to see that, like you said, identities were given to you um, pretty much from day one. Right. You knew who you were, where you came from, your family, your place. It, you were. It was a legacy of identity handed to you. Yeah. You had this a lot of the very strong connections to not only just who you were in the present, but who you and your line and your family and your culture have been in the past. So this entire legacy of hundreds and hundreds of years and generations after generations, if you look at a scripture, it constantly talks about your children and your children's children and how these things will be passed through your family. So you have this um, identity that is long reaching behind you that informs you of who you are today. And I think that a lot of the things that in past years in different cultures have told us who we are and the tribes we belong to, um, we, we've kind of shaken those up and a lot of those aren't quite as present anymore. We don't have a connection with our history. We don't have a connection with um, tradition. We don't have a connection with our, even you see families are breaking down um, in a lot of ways. We don't have that connection to the greater family and, and our legacy of what was given. Uh, so I think a lot of the world right now is in an identity crisis. I wrote a book uh, called Good Man, little plug, um, <laughs> and essentially was talking about how men are currently in an identity crisis because we have no uh, anchoring thing that can tell us who we are and who we ought to be. We also have a lot of different messages and culture telling us who we ought to be. And I think in addition to not having these anchoring things like family, like culture, like traditions, like legacy, it tells who we, 
who we need to be. Um, I think we also live in a very, like you were saying, individualist culture where we're told we should invent who we are. We right. should make who we are. That sounds great on the surface, but as soon as we say, okay, I get to invent who I, who I am, all of a sudden we go, oh, I don't know if I know right. who I am. And so we start having this very existential exactly. moment. Like, who actually am I? I can make this, but I, I don't know who I am. Yeah. And we don't have any of those, a lot of these identifying things that can actually tell us who we are. And I think this even more in the philosophical and spiritual level, I do think at the bottom of every human's heart is a desire to know who we are and um, who we are in relation to the world around us. Identity is very, very core to who we are. And you can even argue in the evolutionary thing, if you didn't know what tribe you belong to, um, you're going to not have a place to be safe, not have a place to be known. And so I think uh, the, the longing for identity and as a result of postmodernism, um, not knowing who we are, even though we have, quote unquote, the ability to create it, has given us a lot of the... Um, the tendency towards tribalism that we right. see now too, because tribes, whatever that tribe might be, conservative, liberal, Christian, atheist, whatever it might be, uh, overthinker, underthinker, uh, <laughs> whatever that tribal identity might be, um, it's somewhere that can tell you who you are. So in lieu of family and legacy and history and culture, we can we have started finding other ways to identify ourselves within a group. And like you mentioned, even being different is an identity. That is a tribe. I literally wrote my first book that I ever wrote, another plug, was called <laughs> Different. And it was a little book about um, uh, about growing up with mental illness and feeling different than everyone else. And I thought this book was going to be super niche and no one would read it. <laughs> and it turns out that it really connected to a lot, a lot of people because a lot of people feel different. And all of a sudden, they're diff they felt that they were a part of a community because they or different, which is such an interesting idea to me. But ultimately, I think that identity is really at the heart of what it means to be human. And I think it's a God-given one. We were, we were meant to know who we are, what we're for, um, what we should be about, and who we are in relation to the world. Right. I think, I think you guys, you make an excellent point that it used to be, to a certain degree, identities were imposed because you didn't have a lot of options. It's like you're born into this family and you relied upon your family for survival, you know, mm, you know, to, to, to varying degrees. And so that, you know, family, so you had to be part of family. That was your identity. You didn't have a choice. And even like, you know, you had maybe two or three options about like religions that you're a part of, you know, if, if that, again, like part of what was unique about the, um, the era that Christianity came about in and same with Buddhism around the same time was, was one of the first times you had these empires where there were like options of religions that people could all communicate with each other. So most of human history, it's like, okay, this is the, this is what these people believe. So like, you know, there's one church, there's one government, there's what you, you don't have an option of mm -hmm. what your identity is. And what's unique about today is the reason we obsess with identity today is because we can obsess with identity today. Like you said, is that, you know, you actually have the choice to be able of, various identities around us to be able to pick with one. It's kind of like the, the um, uh, Aziz Ansari's book on modern dating. He talked about the transition of dating from here are your options. It's the people on your block. Like that's it to, oh, now you live in a city. Here's your options. Millions. It's all of these people you don't even know. And that's what's happened with identity. And because it's a basic human need and because just like with dating, it's like, okay, now I have all these options. I want to find the best one. And so then it becomes a mad chase for the best identity or the one that's going to most fulfill us because 
you can and you don't want to miss out on the best identity because if you do, you're messed out on the best life because that is an intrinsic human need. And even again, the Bible talks the language of identity all the time as that's one of the things that's going to give us. You're chosen, you're loved, like, you're mine. You're no longer, your Christian identity supersedes, you know, your, you know, like Jewish or Greek identity or various identities. That's sort of how they, they talk about it. And so that is it. So you guys are making an excellent point. And, but then it's also you said the individualist, American individualist part that comes in where it's like, okay, you're self-creating. You're like, I'm an individual. I can decide for myself um, what my identity is going to be. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Um, and in our kind of modern culture and you know, how this all works out, it's, it's again, you know, I bring it back to that shortcut idea. Cause while yeah. you could use shortcuts when, you know, it was an easy shortcut when, Oh, well, I just was born of this tribe. So I'm doing this. We still somehow or another have that wired in us where we have to find some identity that, you know, none of us are, okay, all of us are, you know, unique special snowflakes, of course, of course, but also at the same time, we're actually not, and, you know, even, you know, Facebook groups is a great example of, like, you go find this, you can find some incredibly niche, really ultra-specific Facebook yes, groups yes. <laughs> that have hundreds and hundreds of people in there that happen to be the exact intersection of, you know, <laughs> yes. 14 different identities, so, you know, in some ways, we're not unique, we want to seek out that, um, and and I think today though it's there's there's a common kind of desire to be to be special, of course, mm -hmm. um, to stand out. There's a lot of cultural messages that tell us to do that. Um, and you know, sometimes when you kind of have the freedom, you feel like you kind of have to use the freedom. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't have to work the the same, you know, job that my dad did, like, I could do anything. And we could fly! Yeah! Okay, we still can't do that. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes, I, I mean, paralysis of choice, right? As you yes. guys were talking yes. about, like, then we get into all sorts of problems and, you know, we pick up identity from all sorts of places. Yeah. And, and uh, chaos ensues. Yeah, I like this interesting paralysis yeah. of choice. And it's looking at these two extremes, right? One identity is essentially forced on you. You are the son of this person. You're going to do this yeah. job. You're going to live in this town. You do this. And we see, we've all seen the movies. I, I don't want to play football. I want to dance. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, yeah, that's know, actually good. Yeah. Yeah. And, good. and so you see that on one extreme, it can be really uh, confining and dangerous. And then on the other extreme, it's who am I? Yeah, I don't know who I am. Yes, I can be anything in the world, but like you said, it's paralysis of choice. And then also you have this thing that comes in that you might choose an identity and then be confronted immediately with imposter syndrome and going, I chose this identity, but I don't feel like it actually is me. I, I'm not of this person. I'm not, I don't fit in with this group. And could it be because I chose it? In fact, I think probably more imposter syndrome comes from a result of choosing rather than being imparted, which is an interesting- That is interesting. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. And I, that's totally anecdotal, but that my guess would be that if we are now choosing our identities, that we're gonna feel a lot of imposter syndrome because it feels like putting a costume on rather than being you know, born into something, which is, which is an interesting dichotomy to think of. But Joseph, you and I have had this conversation about the culture's obsession with identity. And as I've been doing more research um, and art and philosophy, what I keep on finding is how central this is to yeah. humanity is, is what is our identity? Every philosopher, uh, going all the way back 
the, the main question they always ask is, who am I? What, mm. what am I doing? Who Even like, what I? am I? What am I, you know, what am I or who meant am I? Do? Yes. I, what am I, what am I meant to do? And that really is the question that had been following the, the very bottom question that's been following humanity around since it's, uh, since the beginning of history. Now, obviously as uh, people of faith, we, we believe that our, our identity is defined by being created by a loving creator and being in connection with that creator. Um, but it is, but I think that go, a game goes to show how intrinsic this is to humans. And then Jake, you also broke, brought up the idea of being special and how the idea of being special is a very a great one because that gives you a very defined identity that no one else can fit a part of, that you're different. I'm different than all of you. So I know very distinctly who I am. There's very clearly drawn lines of who I am because I'm unique, I'm different, I'm special. Right. But then you have obviously the, um, uh, the bad thing that comes out with this, oh, I'm, I'm special, but I'm not a part. <clears throat> Right. So how do we create tribes of special people? And so we've talked about this, yes. Joseph and I have talked about this often about how <laughs> the world is obsessed with identity and being special, but also being special within the context of other people who are also special. Right. And so the, the classic thing is everyone's special. And the classic retort is, well, if everyone's special, no, no one, one is. is. And then the way we, what we found now is um, we're all special together in our own unique ways. I actually think this is a beautiful thing. I'm not saying that uh, pejoratively. No, no, no. In fact, uh, what what brought this up is we'd seen, I think, um, was it Mortal Kombat? Yeah. Terrible, was, terrible movie. Terrible movie, um, yes. But again, it followed this, this, um, <laughs> this uh, uh, what am I trying to say, mold. Yes. Um, that a lot of franchises follow, yeah. which is just like the Avengers, which is just like um, uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, and the Justice League. League. It's, it's just, just like the X-Men. Where it's like, literally everybody. We're all a part of this group. We're all part of the Mortal Kombat people, all part of the Avengers, or we're all, you know, part of Hogwarts, or we're all part mutants. But we all do things have our own superpower. So it's like you might be, you're special because you can fly and punch things. I'm special because I'm really fast. You're special because you read minds. And so we found a way, the answer to how can we be unique within a group? When you go back and read Romans and read Paul, that's what he says. Well, that's, and that is, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a biblical precedent where he talks about, it's like, oh yeah, I'm like, you're Christians, like that's your main identity. But within that, you're part of the body of Christ. And in that you have different functions. You have different things because you have different gifts. Hands, and eyes, yeah. nose, mouth. And if somebody is gifted at teaching, let him teach. And so, like, so I guess, so one of the things I would be interested in you talking about is like, because you have written a book on, you know, seven Christian identities to sort of define your life. And, and I want you to say like, okay, so we do have this obsession with identity. Like what are positive kind of ways sort of to understand your identity if that's something you're looking for? Like what are positive ways to look for that or express that um, versus and negative ways to look at for that and express that? And actually, could you name yeah. a few of the identities from your book? Yeah, that's great. There's seven of them. Yeah, there are several of them. Um, so a couple of questions there. Some of the positive aspects. Um, well, I, I first want to note that just dismissing something that has destructive characteristics, just offhand dismissing that doesn't solve problems. Sometimes yeah, you yeah. do in the church. Oh, well, identity, searching for identity turned out bad sometimes. So actually it's all evil. Well, hold <laughs> up here because yes. yeah. there are some, you know, I, I do think um, generally we should, you know, maybe kind of like who we are and like what we do. Like, mm -hmm. that's all good. You know, we do need to be comfortable in our own skin. Sometimes we're the most effective people and Christians, like yep. that's, that's good stuff. Um, but you know, like a lot of things in our culture, the constant 
searching, never finding can definitely yeah. be a problem. Um, you know, I, 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 I speak a lot and interact a lot with like 20 somethings of which I am one. And um, I don't expect people in their twenties to like have it figured out. So, mm. you know, I'll give you some time, but like eventually <laughs> you kind of got to settle for something. Um but everybody's on a different timetable. So yeah, I think, I think there are some good things about identity as in far as, in so far as, you know, how we function. Um, and as was mentioned about being a part of the body of Christ and having these different roles, those are really good things about identity. Um, however, I think where we get wrong is sometimes putting uh, too much into kind of our own choices as I've already talked about. Hmm. Um, I, I, I did a controversial Bible class a couple weeks ago about spiritual gifts. Hmm. And, um, I make the claim as other scholars have, it's not original to me, but you know, these spiritual gifts are not so much as like your talents, you know, what you're really like good at naturally. Um, it's more about like roles that God has kind of given to you. And then sometimes sure. you've got to like work on the talents to fill it. Yeah, um, we're so yeah. focused on like, let me take this test to measure my skills. And maybe we should be more focused on like, where, where should we be? We, let's look at the future and try to kind of go that way. Um, but that was, that was, that's a whole nother book that I'm going to write <laughs> these days. My book, um, the seven identities I talk about, um, the, the book pres presumes you're a Christian and presumes that you want to be Christ-like. And, um, and these seven identities, um, the, the format is seven kind of false identities that mm. we often make a priority and then ah. seven that replace them. So each chapter has that kind of dual. Interesting. So um, I start with sin versus grace, which is an interesting one. Oh, as Christians, classic. Because as Christians, sometimes we overemphasize our sinful nature. Yeah. And like, it, it, that's one of those where it's like, okay, yeah, we're sinful. Depends on who you are. are. I know a couple guys who could right. do a little more overemphasizing. <laughs> well, true. true. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. And then I, I just want to argue, okay, maybe we should, our, our graced, our grace nature should be a more important identity. Hmm. And so a lot of them, even though I kind of use the term, you know, quote unquote, false identity, it's really more of like a identity that should not be like a top five kind of thing. Like sure, kind of yeah. squish it down there a little bit. So, you know, one chapter deals with family. Um, a lot of people ah. put stock in their family. Sometimes that's my family is really great. So I'm the coolest kid on the high school football team, or sometimes it's, Ooh, my family's kind of the social pariah. Like I am damaged because so of that. So I must be bad. Interesting. Yeah. Right. yeah. And in both ways, we should not put as much stock in our family. Huge yeah. theme of scripture, even though scripture prioritizes family a lot, it subverts so much of the common narratives yeah. of the day. Yeah. Um, you know, like every other chapter is like, oh, what do you know? The firstborn son is is actually getting less than the second born son and you know right. all sorts of subversions um like that so a lot of my identities are uh trying to focus us more on i think what christ wants us to value so mm. grace family um fun chapter on sexuality which is <laughs> always a fun topic oh yeah, yeah. yeah. way into the uh, the scary stuff no one has opinions and, about that <laughs> yes 
that's what I try to be careful because you know sexuality is a very common identity that people want to yeah, put on. Absolutely. And what I what I say is we can't ignore that. The solution is not just to ignore our sexuality in that. You know, sure, that's been a lot of body parts and feelings. And yeah, people just answer to we just should ignore a lot of these things. So my whole book is really trying to say like we can't ignore some of these identities, but but they shouldn't be our top priority. So for sexuality, I talk about, uh, you know, relational bonding and relationships being kind of a more important part of that sexuality. Mm-hmm. That okay. That's interesting. So that's um, great. You know, the, the, the two becoming one and, and that kind of sort of vision for sexuality ultimately is a vision of relationship. And that can look that can look in different ways for some people. You know, some people are going to be celibate. Remember, you know, Paul likes that one the best. So, uh, <laughs> he, he was really into that there, one. Yeah, there are still ways to live into that calling for relationship um, without like just really putting everything into something like sexuality. Well, I love so, what you talked about the hierarchy essentially yes, yeah. of, of identity. A lot of the things we find identity in aren't bad necessarily. It's just sometimes we find ultimate identity in these things or that we allow them to have top billing yeah. in our identity um, uh, fold out. Right. So it's, it's interesting. You know, what I love recently as I was going through Revelation was seeing that. Always a fun book. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think well, Revelation. Thanks for uh, pronouncing it correctly. When you're talking about cultural and racial identities, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I, I don't see color and, and, you know, in heaven we'll all be the same. Actually, you see this beautiful, it says every tribe, tongue, and nation will be marking right. in heaven. So yeah. God actually honors our um, our identity uh, that we've, we've fostered and created and held and lived in here on earth, our, our tribal, mm-hmm. our um, racial, our cultural, whatever it might be, even our sexual identities. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, there's always going to be a hierarchy of what's the most important thing to ultimately yeah. define ourselves by. And it's interesting to think about in, in this world, because you, you brought up uh, Joseph earlier in your in your opening about uh, personality tests. Yes. And I'm thinking about, you know, every day on BuzzFeed in a million other places, it's just test after test after test. <laughs> you know, what kind of food yep. do you like? And that'll tell you what kind of person you are. Yeah. And it's like, I know that's a silly reason, but it is amazing to me to see how invested we are in um, discovering who we are and we're letting tests you you talked about take a test about your spiritual gifts and i'll tell you who you are um rather than doing some really investigative work into you and saying right who has god created me to be and and what am i supposed to do Hmm. but it like you said it's not that necessarily a lot of these things we find identity in be it political be it uh racial be it uh gender whatever those are beautiful things can can be beautiful things um but ultimately we have to find what is the most what is the truest identity that we have yeah. and that we can find about ourselves? And I think that's what Paul talked about. I think that's what God has asked us to do. What is the top in the hierarchy of the most important identities? What is the thing that will be over all of them and form all of them? And I think for us Christians, um, and sorry to any of the, our atheist listeners, but for us Christians, yeah. being a created person and being in connection with our creator is our ultimate identity. Yeah. And everything falls um, after that, and they're good things, they're beautiful things, yeah. but it all falls after the ultimate identity. So we have to order our identities correctly. Yeah. No. So I we didn't really define identity, and Ooh, the def- oh, yeah. that's a good <laughs> defining word. Yeah. The the definition I kind of use in my book, or at least through the model, um, is identity is the sum of a person's feelings, thoughts, and behaviors. Mm. That kind of sums up a person, and 
identity is sort of where all those three things are aimed. Um, Interesting. Where you kind of put your, you know, put them in whatever direction. And so, you know, a lot of people might be putting that towards kind of their happiness or their success or their job. So their behaviors, thoughts, feelings are all sort of directed towards, you know, I want to be the CEO of whatever something. Mm, yeah. And so what I argue is we just kind of got to like change that alignment and, and get that hierarchy and right, the hierarchy right. Um, and yeah, you know, some of those other identities can kind of be stacked under it, but ultimately we got to be aligned towards Christ, you know, we're supposed yeah. to be little Christ or Christ-like. So we have to be aligned in the direction in our thoughts, feelings, behaviors, or the train's just going to be de derailed. Um, it's just yes. not going to work. Yeah. If those are well, and if you don't become else. the CEO, does that mean you're less of who you are, less of a person? <clears throat> exactly. Right. No, well, that's, that's the thing. That's a good... I'm an Enneagram three. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good... Um, a definition of identity it's very close to the psychology today definition um sure. about like the sum of your your thoughts and your feelings and your values and and um but i also think like many people what they're think looking at is what is the sum of who i am in as opposed to other people because one of the one of the things one of the anxieties around identity is that um am i dispensable like mm. you know is am i somebody that if i died it wouldn't really matter um, and if I was lost to the void, you know, it wouldn't really matter. And that's it's, interesting. It's not just who you are. It's what do I bring? Yes. Important. And so that's why so much of like our identity is based around career or based around, it's like, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I gotta, you know, when I was, you know, when I first went to college again, it's like sort of when I, when I went to college, you know, I was sort of always sort of big fish in small ponds. And I was like, oh, I'm a really smart guy. And then I go to college and I'm surrounded only around a bunch of people who are like, equally smart as I am and most of them smarter. And then you met me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, uh, and then it just was like, you know, what do you do then? But no, but, I, but in college, what I found is like, I actually found what I, um, what ways I was smart that other people weren't. And so I was like, oh, this is mm. the direction I can go in in my life that I know I'm actually bringing something worthwhile to the table. Now, as and that I, can drift into pride very yes, quickly, ego, if you're not careful, because I struggle with that, the, Oh, I know who I am because I'm better. Than <laughs> <someone>. <laughs> yes. And, but the thing is what, and, the, and that's what you get, we get into all these discussions about, you know, dominance hierarchy where it's like, I have to be better than other people, you know, it's like, but which Welcome is to America. Yeah. Which is, but that's why the Paul, you know, Paul talking about identity is, is, is it's subversion is so good is because it falls both of those things. First of all, you are, your identity is God's, you know, adopted, you know, um, adopted child. And therefore that's something that can't be taken away from you. And again, it's like, you know, if you're, if God loves you and he's the thing that's running the universe and defines value in the universe, then that's something that can't be taken away from you regardless of what you do. But then because you're a part of the body, you do have a place in the work toward the kingdom of God, regardless. And you discover, I mean, you know, Paul actually gives good advice. You discover by that way you are by what are your giftings within relation to the rest of the people in the body. And so those two parts of, do I matter? You know, if I am, I lost in the void of time, that's always kind of things like when these Rick and Morty shows where they show the multiverse, that's where the questions of like, what makes Rick, if there's a, a billion Ricks, yeah. you know, if there's a limited number of Ricks, what makes this Rick Rick? Well, and that there's matter? a line and he says, well, he's the most rickiest of all the infinite amount of Rick. Exactly. Which is an interesting way to think about ourselves as well. Which is what we need to be in order to actually matter in the tapestry and, and mosaic of life. And so I think that you're, you're, and that's the thing is that 
you know, um, uh, if you cannot think like my family, you know, is the, the thing at bottom gives me I, my, because that can be taken away from you. And also your family can be really crappy. And also yeah. <laughs> your family can be really great, which make you think you're better than other people. But that's, that's the same with country. That's yes. the same with, this is how we get racism is we think yeah, I am exactly. this, I'm better than other, or we get, we get sexism. I'm a, look at the Pharisees. Well, I'm thankful I wasn't born a woman. And so <laughs> yes. That is him underlining his identity right there. I'm a man, so I'm better than something. Right. And so it's, now, of course, the thing is, this also happens, has happened historically. It was like, I'm a Christian, therefore I'm uh, better than these other religions and stuff like that. And, and Tim Keller tried to sort of answer that recently where he was like, you know, the, the thing that, what, what you have to do with Christianity, is there's always going to be an us versus them. But mm-hmm. the question is, is, does your us define being us as somebody who's willing to die for them? Mm. Well, and Jesus turned it on his, on his head where yeah. no matter who you are, your identity is greater love has no man than this and lay down his life. So like you were talking about when you realized that you were better, it's so funny, my mind went a different direction because I'm the worst person. When you realize that you were better at something than someone else, you're like, oh, I can bring something of worth. And I, my mind went to, well, when I realize I'm better than someone, I go, I'm better than them. Like, I just feel better about myself, which is terrible. Yes. But it's ultimately, that, yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah. Totally right. Yeah. So I, yeah, my book was originally titled who am I? But I changed it to mm. who we are because I, that's exactly the thesis the, the, my thesis of the book is like all this identity stuff has to be done in community, yes. specifically ah, a Christian yeah. community. Like we can't do it alone. It's not yeah. about who am I? It's, it's who, who we are as Christians. You know, we share aspects of our identity and, you know, you can be unique among that, but ultimately yes. it's about service and that's what all the body metaphors in Paul's letters are about. You serve the rest of the body. You know, yeah. the Corinthians are like, speaking in tongues, we're like super cool and stuff. He's like, no, guys, <laughs> love. You know, that famous chapter, it, it wasn't for wedding sermons, you yeah. know, 1 Corinthians 13. It was right in the middle of spiritual gifts saying, mm. no, 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 service. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Like other people are actually more important than you. So whatever you are, whoever you are, has to go ultimately towards you know serving people and serving God. That's what it's all about. I yeah. love that. And I yeah. think the thing that has helped me, because I, I have this very individualist spirit in me that make that one. I never got that. Yeah. I never well, got yeah. <laughs> it's just something that I realized recently. Oh, yeah. cool. Growth, <laughs> growth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so it's always been hard for me being, interestingly enough, I don't really always enjoy church because yeah. um, being an individualist at church is difficult really hard yeah. and I can and so and I've always been on my own I like figuring things out by myself and but there's still which is interesting and then you have other people who don't who struggle with the exact opposite yes. I don't know I can't there's nothing about me that's interesting you I can't bring anything I can only know myself in a group of other people yeah and I think what God has called us to be yeah. is you are an individualist you are an individual with unique strength with unique giftings and you have to be a part of a body of people yeah. to know what that is. And that, and, and to use that well, like you said, in service of the world and, and God. And so ultimately the church was made to be this place of a communal place of individuals mutually and symbiotically serving each other in God. We could be independent together. Independent together, we can fly. And so you don't lose any of your unique, your uniqueness actually just get to use your unique aspects yeah. and your individuality and your identity uh, collectively 
It's, it's a weird, it's a, just it's a weird like thing. in the Avengers. I was going to say, where, that's why this, where okay. Iron Man doesn't become less Iron Man because he's part of the Avengers. That's why I always <laughs> gravitated towards superheroes. And that gave me this greater understanding. Oh, the, all the Marvel guys, Thor and Captain America yeah. and Iron Man, they're completely unique, but they work in conjunction towards a, a mutual goal. I'm sorry that we brought it back to superheroes yet again, but ultimately that is what we are. This is apologetics. Be. This is just, we're yeah, just is, using the cultural <laughs> script. That is how God created us. That's how God created us to live and exist within the greater understanding yeah. of the universal church. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think superheroes are real cinema though. So. <laughs> yeah. <Just> kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's. A, I think it's a unique challenge though, to try mm, yes. to be that individual in community because now you're mm. like balancing more stuff. To do one or the other is just the easier option. However, you know, to be the Christian, you're not like called to the easier option. Yeah. <laughs> you got to figure out. You got to figure that out. How can you be yourself and without like, you know, there are some people that struggle with they totally empty themselves for others and just destroy themselves. And that's yeah. destructive. Um, you do, you do want to do some stuff for yourself and have your own identity and, you know, yeah, you can well, like Harry Potter. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, yeah, you can, you know, have your fandoms and such, but also, you know, use your gifts to serve others. You can balance that. Just yeah. take some work and practice. It's the psychological terms that, that I, I've heard a million times in therapy. It's, it's trying to balance in between codependence and total independence. Mm. And the, the one they always say that we ought to aim for is interdependence to, and they talk about this in marriage, no. um, in marriage counseling, which everyone should do, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, should I is, wait till I'm married? I'll explain it to her when it yeah, goes. Exactly. <laughs> I did the marriage counseling. We're good. Yeah. But yeah. in a healthy marriage, you don't have codependence where you yeah. literally find your identity only in the other person, relation to the other person. You don't have total independence where you find your, your identity totally separate. You have interdependence, two individual people coming together to make as, mm-hmm. as scripture talking yeah. about one flesh. And that's what the church ought to be as well. Individuals co- uh, interdependently, not codependently or independently coming together. Uh-huh. And that's how I think humans will ultimately find the answer to their um, identity crisis that we're having right now is finding that balance yeah. and tension of not codependence, not independence, but interdependence. Yeah. So, so Jake, why don't you close us out by giving some, like what would be for people who, again, cause you were talking to all of these 20 somethings who are like, I got to find my identity. How do I do that? I don't know who I'm going to be. What would be, if somebody is, is struggling with that right now. And by that, that's everybody. Um, Christian, or, Christian, Christian or not. Christian or not. It's like, right. what would be your advice for them on how they should go about um, doing that because you've given something before take about this finding, finding for in community things like that. But like, like, what would be yours? Like, okay, how do you take those next steps to find an identity that um, is that does actually satisfy the legitimate parts of that need? Ooh, <laughs> yeah, that's the that's a big question. <laughs> um, well, you know, for Christians, I would say they're getting that kind of foundation started, so having that kind of stability. Um, whether that's, you know, like a, a church family that, you know, hmm. loves and cares about you, there's some stability there or a biological family that some kind of stability in your life. Hmm. Um, I guess that applies even beyond Christians. That stability is really going to help you because if, you know, you don't have that support system around you, um, it's going to be really hard to kind of have the mental energy to sort of focus hmm. on yourself in a productive way. Um, 
So, you know, I know not everybody's blessed with a super great church community or family community. Um, but even if that's the overthinkers Facebook group, you know, yeah. having there's no that's, there's that's the right answer. This. Yeah, I know <laughs> <laughs> some kind of community is yes. just gonna help you out, give you some stability. Um, you know, somebody that can support you, pray for you, whatever. That's just that's just gonna help with everything else. Mm. You know, I can't tell you you know, what your ideal fandom is or, you know, what your identity, you know, is or something like that. But I think if, if there's, if that foundation is kind of settled, you can kind of begin to have something, you'll have that sort of extra energy and sort of have that good base to start building and start kind of discovering yourself. So I, I know we made fun of like tests and things before that can be a good start for people. Absolutely. Yeah, that's um, that's, I'm an ENTP and I learned that. I'm an INFJ go. and I learned that from a test. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, INTJ. Very nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I think no, that's an excellent point. I think for me, just personally, I found that like knowing what my interests are, like what things I liked mm -hmm. and then um, spending a lot of time, you know, contemplating and asking questions about things, but then also, like I said, doing things, doing things I enjoy, finding out what things I enjoy, and then also living in community and finding out, you know, what, where, whatever I am in that group and just relating to other people. Sometimes I think I get stuck in a trap and a lot of people get stuck in the trap is like every like nineties movie, people have to go onto a mountaintop and do a lot of introspection to be like, now I know who I am when really it's like you actually live life with other people and you actually start, it's just like, just like, John Watson and Sherlock Holmes actually become themselves by being around each other. Like actually being a part of, like you said, a community actually by just being part of it helps to define you. And if it's a positive community, it can define you in a positive way. So I think that that's, I, that, that resonates a lot with me. Amen. Yeah. And ex exploring stuff, exactly what you said is great. Just kind of, you know, try new things, explore who you never know. Um, well, sometimes I wish. Said, ah, he you, said uh, the way to build a friendship isn't just to look look at each other and say we're going to build a friendship and I'm paraphrasing obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but instead run towards something uh, beautiful and you might look over and see someone else running and you say you want to run together yeah and yeah. that right there yeah. is community and of course because we know that our ultimate identity can't be taken away from us we can have the freedom to explore these things without fear so yeah and and I'm glad you brought up freedom one of the things you know an old theological kind of concept is the difference between freedom from and freedom for and mm. i think that's important to remember we have freedom from you know the slavery of sin etc um but we have freedom for something like we do have a purpose yes um, I, I think real quick note about purpose i think maybe we don't all have like individual purposes like joseph you are going to do xyz in life and sure. if you don't do this Sorry, you know, God's <laughs> that's such a part of the youth group so, culture I was brought up in. I don't right, know what exactly. you're about. And I, I think that's destructive. Like, individual purpose, but go ahead. For, God, for else. God can use you wherever. Right. And mm, if amen. you kind of like what you're doing, I just think you're going to be a more effective servant of God. Like, amen. So just kind of, you know, you know, obviously when you're making decisions, you know, pray and ask for wise counsel, all that stuff. But like ultimately, if you become X or become Y, God can use you. Your purpose isn't like set in stone. Mm. Um, but but we still do have like a purpose. But it's just like a very kind of like broad like 
mission to bring glory to God, to, you know, renew the earth from sin. Like it really brought Little things like that. We, we have yeah. will. <laughs> we have will that God loves and we exercise in beautiful ways. And that can be a million different yeah. ways. Yeah. That's right. I think it's an excellent point. It's like, even if you don't, it's like, even if I never became a filmmaker, I would still become valuable. You are valuable in a broad purpose to glorify God, yeah. even if you don't do it in this specific way. That's an excellent, beautiful point. No matter what America or your youth group has said. Mm. Amen. Yeah. All right. Cool. cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Well intentioned sometimes, but yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I will not be loved until I'm a famous millionaire actor. So I will not have my I hate to break it. Oh no, I've been loved for all these years. <laughs> um well, anyway, awesome. Well, this is fantastic. So now we're moving on to the segment that is, I know it's somebody's favorite segment. Blesses and curses, where if this is your first time because you're a fan of Jake Dobrens, and why wouldn't you be, and you're coming to just listen to us for the first time, um, then uh, this is the part of the show where we take a piece of art or a piece of something that somebody's made and we uh, test it with a topic and we either bless it and say, somebody should, you should go watch, read, play this right now, or we curse it and saying, do not stay away from this. This is not good for you. Um, and so Jake Dobrens, would you like to go first? in terms of, because uh, you've watched this show, listened to this show, you know uh, how this works. Would you like to go first? Would you like one of us to go first and then you just like land it at the end? You guys go first. All right. I have, cool. I have some ideas, but I'll let you guys go first. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. I like, I like that. Um, so my bless is going to be the um, graphic novel, Superman Smashes the Clan. Um, it's a graphic novel that came out, I think, la uh, last year, a couple of years ago. And it's, it's sort of a really interesting reinterpretation of Superman, where it's about Superman actually um, deciding whether or not he's going to embrace the alien side of his heritage, where he's going to, um, whether he's going to um, reveal that to the world, and whether, or not, and, and whether or not he's going to admit it to himself and actually then access his more alien powers that he has. And part of the, the way that the writer um, was dealing with it is he was using it as a metaphor for um, embrace, you know, for immigrants, you know, to embrace their, the part of their heritage that's not mainstream American. That's, that's part of it. And so I think that I really liked how it's, it's taking Superman as a character and it is using partly him to explore the tension of identity in, in modern culture where it's like, oh, I've got, you know, my, I, identity from where I grew up, but I also have my identity as American and I have my identity and like, what does that um, entail? And so I think that it's, it's one of the more ambitious ways of exploring that topic within Superman's story. And I think, I think, and I think that for the most part, they do it very effectively and very beautifully. So um, I'm going to bless that. Um, my curse um, going way down the nerd pipe is the Shadow the Hedgehog video game. <laughs> from uh from uh when was the last time you actually played a video game uh, you know what probably um, was Shadow the that's um that's a good point but also shut up um <laughs> and it's uh the it's um actually we just we just played mario Doesn't Kart, count. Kart, mario kart we played, played mario kart <laughs> played through all right all right, all right, all right. Uh, we're getting words um and it's and for the most part it's just like it's it's trying to deal with that topic of identity but it doesn't actually have the capacity to do it. It's like, okay, do my identity come from how I was created? And, and it doesn't come from, and if I was created for a bad purpose, do I have to, you know, do a bad purpose? But it also goes like, okay, well, I can just, because they have alternate endings, you can just create whatever identity you want. And it really doesn't, it's just, it kind of just takes, oh, here's a mishmash of all these questions we have identity, and we're going to put it in here without it actually 
um, answering the questions it asks in a coherent way. And so it's it's really just using these questions of identity as an easy cash grab and not pulling it off very well. So that's kind of why I'm I'm why I'm cursing it. Now none of our listeners are gonna play that game. Oh darn. <laughs> they all had it on their cue. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay. I will go. Um I have man, there, there's so many things I've thought about like Princess Diaries and you know oh, yeah. those those classic like old school movies where the kids come of age or they discover they're a princess or a superhero. Like, That's actually point. Sky High was a great yeah. one. Um I liked all those, but I'm gonna go with books today. Go to a little um all right. So I guess one of the first ones I'm going to say that I read, um, I think it's a couple of years ago, was a book by Sky Jatani. It's called With, and it goes through the different ways we relate to God. Hmm. And I think how we relate to God is so intrinsic into who we are and how we see ourselves and our identities. And he dissects a lot of the common ways that many of us were brought up with or still do understand. It, it, a lot of it's in the modern church. A lot of it's in the ancient church, too. Mm. But these misconceptions about how we see ourselves and how we relate to God. And ultimately, it's like, um, how do I explain it? He had one where you relate to God as, it's all a bunch of different W's, and I forget them all because a few years ago. Mm. Um, but you work, and you relate to mm. God, how you work towards God, and that, that's who you are. And, that you, and ultimately, our identity is that we are with God hmm. and being with uh, connection to God. And I think that's ultimate, that, that has shaped a lot of my language, this little book, it's a great book though, about how our ultimate identity is about uh, we're with and connected to God. So I really just think it's a beautiful little book about how we ought to see ourselves and how it might be a good thing if you have ha- have a lot of misconceptions or have grown yeah. up in, in a church and maybe didn't teach, or you have a lot of things that you are living out that are destructive towards you, or you view God in a way that isn't um, like how he has asked you to or how we meant to, it can really uh, wreak havoc on you until yeah. you understand how you ought to be in relation to your creator. And so I love the book with. Um, also, Foe by Ian Reed is another great book. I actually hope mm. they turn this into a movie. This is the follow-up book to I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Um, mm. It hasn't been turned into a movie yet, but it's... Re- sure I hope it's it- not the same Charlie Kaufman who does the Foe. <laughs> I, mean, I, I do too. I hope <laughs> we'll see. But it is such an interesting, it's a very still book. It takes place between a couple living in the middle of a field, just talking, but it's all about identity. And I can't Mm. tell you any more than that. (laughs) I usually give more details, but all I can say is it's really, really, really wonderful. Um, You have to read that. Yeah, interesting. It's really, it's short, it's interesting. It's Mm. all about identity and in relation to someone else and who am I when they're not here and they're here, all these kind of things. But it's really, really interesting. Um, Let me see. I had another book on here. I guess as I could plug my own two books. Plus, plus. I talked about them uh, <laughs> earlier, so uh, go. my books. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna curse. Ah, this is really interesting. This gets interesting. I'm not scared to curse us, actually. I have been a huge Bo Burnham fan for a long time. Yeah, I think he's insightful. I think he's musical and talented and interesting. And um, I love his his movie Eighth Grade was absolutely beautiful. His performance in. Um, uh, the recent movie. Oh, um, 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 Promising Young Woman. Promising Young Woman's fantastic. Yep. I really am a big fan of his. Recently, he put out a, a, com- a quote unquote comedy special that he recorded completely in uh, during lockdown. And it people went nuts. Every reviewer in the world, it was the number one thing uh, on Netflix in the world for a, a little while. Every reviewer loved it. He's been praised all over TikTok, all over Facebook, all over Instagram. Just praise, 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 praise. It's amazing. Essentially, the special is all about criticizing modernity in the modern world. And really, ultimately, it was uh, a look into what a lockdown did to um, 
people uh, yeah. living in this modern world. And, you know, he, he kind of has this mental breakdown that he recorded yeah. and that we're supposed to believe is real. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess my criticism is this. But by the way, there's still really great things in here. It, it's yeah. not just, I, I didn't just hate it. It's obviously technically yeah. incredible. Um, I think he's, a, he's not going to do anything that's going to be bad. Technically, is amazing. Uh, the songs are great, all this. But my problem with it was this. To make it popular, he had to put on a false identity. Mm -hmm. um, so essentially, a lot of the yeah. songs were, you know, about living in my one apartment, not having anyone to date, and uh, how terrible life is as a result of this. And it's, it's displayed as documentary, not as fiction. Right. It's supposed to be his life. Turns out where he filmed it wasn't his apartment. That was another house in the backyard of his much, much bigger house. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, worrying about, you know, I don't know if I can afford, uh, you know, whatever or this or that, or money's going. You're a multi, multi-millionaire. Yeah. Um, and then talking about like, I don't know if I'll be able to find someone dating so hard. You've been with the same woman for over a decade. Yeah. And so to me it was, he's really intelligent and, uh, and knowing how to say the things in a way that will really connect to a lot of people. My problem with it was it was inauthentic. Yeah. It, this is not, you, you are taking on an experience of others to, because you know that will affect and connect to your audience, which is, I guess, an intelligence in and of its own. But we're supposed to believe that this is your yeah. uh, behavior. This is your experience when verifiably it's not, at least to some degree. And so I think it came off a little inauthentic to me. And, um, and a little like, I'm going to put on the torture artist role so you'll connect to it because I know what you'll connect to when in reality I know I'm not saying you don't have hardships, you don't have struggles or even mental breakdowns. It's not the hardships he's saying. But yeah. not the hardships yeah. he's saying he had. Yeah. Because he knew if he said all the hardships he does have, it wouldn't be relatable. And so he put on this costume of the torture. He put on the identity of I am you when yes. he is not you. Yes. One of the things, I, I thought that there was a lot of aspects that were really brilliant. So oh, I, of I, course. And, and his ability to say, like, connect in that way with people. But you're right. It, he did part to way to do it is he presented himself as I am you when he's not. Yes, so. as, as I'm, I'm just one of you guys. And he really is convincing about being yes. one of those guys while he's living in a mansion. But with like one quick Google search, it's like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. You live in a mansion with millions yeah. of dollars. No, that's, that's absolutely And a woman yeah. you've been with. So it's like, it, it feels a little authentic. Yeah. Still watch it. Still amazing. Um, the last two songs, uh, All Eyes on Me and the one where he plays guitar, in, absolutely incredible. So it's still good. Bo, if you hear this, I, I still love you. We still um, want you on the podcast. Yeah. No. <laughs> come, come on the podcast and defend yourself. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So Jake, we've been waiting on pins and needles. So what's your blessings and curses? Well, let me relieve you of your pins and needles. So for bless, this one's a lot easier because I'm generally more optimistic. Um, so I'm a, I'm a middle grade writer and I'm working on a novel. So I've been reading middle grade stuff. So got to preface that. I recently read a book called Cats vs. Robots because I had to pick Whoa, it up. Oh, sounds title. good. Yeah, it is. So it's by, uh, let's see, I just looked it up. Uh, Lewis Peterson and Margaret Stoll. Okay. And um, essentially the premise is like there's a planet of cats like cats come from this planet and then there's a planet of robots somehow. I don't know. How that so works, far. But, Great. Um, yeah. And so on earth, you know, all the, the cats are kind of descended from that and not quite with the robots, but there's some kind of like semi sentient robot kind of deals. So they're battling on earth over this, you know, some 
kind of classic like the parents are scientists um kind of sounds like that cats vs dogs movie if you remember <laughs> yeah. um but cats vs robot it's very different so i enjoyed the book um it was a little bit predictable because at the uh-huh. end what happens is there's this old cat who is dying and it turns out the parents were making essentially a robot cat so it's kind of this mold of two worlds but i actually thought it was really interesting um it is a series that as i've only read that first book so there's more to happen but it's sort of this way of you know there's this basically the cats and robots fight because of fundamental differences the robots are strategic and the cats are lazy and they lose all their spaceship squadrons all the time kind of thing (laughs) um and the robots hate them because they like order but there was this kind of way of like of, of bridging their two worlds um, through this sort of cat robot and the two kids that you know take kind of that are kind of involved in this adventure and um, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting, um, really interesting message about sort of I don't want to say compromise, but I want to say like collaboration. Sure. Yeah. Between these differences, like. Um, and it almost kind of makes me think of like sort of Jesus of God taking on human form to sort of yeah. come mm-hmm. and communicate and, and, you know, is one of us, so to speak. And that's how we sort of solve that. Also interesting. Um, it was the first time in literature that I've ever encountered a non-binary character. Um, mm. And it was very interesting to sort of explore how they presented sort of a side character. Um, but I had never, you know, really encountered that. Maybe a couple of TV shows, but never in literature. Um, I so smell DreamWorks adaptation. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, it's becoming a part of our culture. And so it was interesting to sort of see how they dealt with that. Yeah. How they incorporated What an interesting that. concept for a book. I like that. Yeah. I'm going kind on the list. of tempted. Yeah. So now, like, just, I mean, you know, there you some, like there was a graphic a comic book a while back that was like Pirates versus Ninjas. And like, there's, there's yeah. something about this, like these taking these iconic things in our memories and saying, what if they combine two worlds, combine yes. two worlds. So that's a, just a great concept. And also doing, like you said, the whole thing of like, Hey, could we find a way to collaborate? That's fascinating. Well, good. I like that. Thank you. Thank you for the recommendation. What are you cursing? The, the curse is, the curse is really tough. I, I don't know. I guess I just, you know, don't read or watch anything bad. <laughs> I'm just so lucky. Oh, um, I, this is interesting. The first one to come to mind was actually James Bond. Oh, so I was I've like been it. watching through the Daniel Craig Bonds, which mm-hmm. I do believe are some of the better Bond movies. I agree. Um, yeah, I've watched a lot of them. But while um, while Casino Royale was pretty good, the other ones don't quite live up yeah. to the hype. And Skyfall, I, I liked. Oh, Skyfall's great. Yeah. Well, see, Skyfall was the one I was going to actually curse. <laughs> I, oh, I love Skyfall. I don't know. Oh, okay, do, defend it. I will, well, it's, make your argument. Yeah. It's it's hard to point pinpoint it, but I felt like I felt like in some of these, in just in general, the Daniel Craig Bonds, they're trying to like make him more of a human, except they really didn't, you know, because. The Daniel Craig Bonds are sort of like a soft reboot of it. Sure, yeah. Interesting. You know, at the beginning of Casino Royale, he he just gets his 007 status. And I don't know. I just felt like I, I felt like what they were trying to do is like appeal to this sort of modern sense of like we need to humanize these guys. Yeah. Whereas the character of 
bond is just not humanizable because mm-hmm. he's really not a great person and he just kind of has this sort of blind loyalty and kills people and sleeps with them and so, I don't know. So funny enough, that was the first thing. Fair enough. Know. I'm gonna have to go back and watch and and so, through those lenses. So I think that I think you you make an interesting point. It partly depends on because because just like every kind of like superhero character, they yeah. do represent certain kind of cultural ideals, yes. and so you can humanize them all you want. But if the cultural ideals that they represent aren't salvageable, then the, you can do all the humanizing in the world, and it doesn't work. And so I think that if it's the Daniel Craig, James Bond sort of depend on like, do you think that those cultural ideals that he represents are salvageable? Um, Because if, if you don't, then all those attempts to humanize them are are only going to make it more obvious. uh, The problem. So I I, I can, I can buy that. I can say that makes sense. You know, the the villain in Skyfall, the villain in Skyfall, spoilers, I suppose, is this, you know, is a, is an ex agent and it's the it's like why do you just trust whatever they tell you to do? They don't really care about you. And Bond's like, eh, I just do it, I guess. And I don't know. I felt like that was I thought that was kind of interesting. I think they do a slightly better job of answering the question, but the problem is they don't really answer the question cognitively. It's narratively it's just a yeah. But but it is it is a a particular value set still that is controversial and is is up for debate. So that's that's also very fair. So well, good. Okay, that's well, well done, well done. We were, we were, we were right there being like, "Hey, Skyfall is one of the best," and you're like, "Okay, fair. That's a fair, yeah, fair argument." Fair. So well done, well done, overthinking. Um, all right, awesome. Well, so thank you very much, Jake, for coming on. This is a fantastic episode. Really enjoyed having you on. Um, what would you like to plug uh, before we uh, send you on your merry way? And where can people find? And where you? can people find you? Yes. Well, I am found at various corners of the internet. Um, <laughs> and you search and ye will find uh, as long as that's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Jake Dobrins. Um, except on Facebook, it's Jake A. Dobrins is my official author page. It, I don't it know says, if I can keep track I'm, of that. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Facebook is like, I'm sorry, the name Jake Dobrins is taken. And I'm saying, no, oh, I'm yeah. literally there, the yeah, only yeah. one. I'm um, Nathan J. Clarkson in many places. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Uh, anyway, so I found those places. Uh, my website is jakedobrins.com. So all you got to do is remember that one name and just search me various places. Um, and uh, if you want to get the, the for free, the intro and first chapter of my book, Who We Are, you can get that by going to jakedobrins.com slash free, and you'll be able to access that. So you can get a little peek at what that is and see if you want to check it out. And if you want to jump right to the book, it's available on Amazon and maybe Barnes and Noble, I think, uh, who we are, seven Christian identities to shape your life. So there you go. Very That's cool. Fantastic. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can go to the overthinkersjournal.com. You can find out more about who we are, what we do, uh, if we have some live events coming up and some posts. And uh, you can also head over to the Overthinkers group, which we've mentioned a couple of times. We'd love to have you. We have a lot of overthinkers on there. 
And again, we talked about how important community is. Here's a great first little step into a community of people who are talking about interesting things that you obviously like since you're still listening. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so we'd love to have you. It's hundreds and hundreds of people around the world and the country who like talking about these things. So get connected to a few of them. Go to the Overthinkers private Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Um, and if you want to get in touch with me, Nathan Clarkson, just search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials or go to my website, nathanclarkson.me. Joseph? You can find me on those socials, Joseph Holmes. You can also find my website, josephholmesstudios.com. Also, I have a new article that just came up on uh, the um, an unexpected journal. They did an ep- their uh, uh, new issue on superheroes. So I do an episode uh, doing uh, talking about the connection between our love of superheroes and our desire to worship. Very cool. So check that out at anunexpectedjournal.com. Well, thank you everybody so much for joining, and uh, thank you Jake for being here. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. <laughs>